Hello, everybody, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to Link Live. My name is Marina Mayer, Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with my two lovely editors, if they want to go around the room and introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Brielle Jekyll. I'm the Associate Editor. And I am McKenna Morales, and I am the Assistant Editor. And I'm excited because today we are accompanied by a wonderful guest, somebody who I consider to call a professional friend, Rebecca Brewster, President and COO of American Transportation Research Institute. And she's here to join us so that we can talk about driver shortage, um, the results from their annual driver report they just released a couple of months ago, the future of trucking and transportation, et cetera. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me back on today. Of course. A couple of housekeeping items before we move on. Go to foodlogistics.com and nominate those supply chain leaders in the cold food chain for our annual Rockstars of the Supply Chain Award. You can also go to stcexec.com to nominate those supply chain leaders in your organization for our annual Pros to Know Award. Both nominations close December 14th, right? We pushed the one back. So December 4th, or December 4th, not 14th. I, I'm giving my editors a heart attack. Okay. <laughs> It's too early December fourth. <laughs> December fourth. Four. Okay. So back to the show. So the American Transportation Research Institute released new data about driver shortage and other trucking trends. You can go to our websites to find that. And I know Rebecca, we talked earlier in the spring for our transportation chain series, and you mentioned something about how labor shortage during COVID was pretty much non-existent, everything had kind of reversed, you know, fast forward to present day, what does that labor shortage look like today? Wow, what a difference a few months makes, really and truly. Um, when we last spoke, it was at sort of the, the height of the pandemic. We were all adjusting to what our life was going to look like. We became very adept subsequently at these Zoom type uh, interviews. But because there was such, uh, the pandemic had such an impact on freight demand, we really didn't see, and in many sectors of the industry, freight demand just dried up. Uh, if you think about it, uh, all of us who drive cars were sheltering in place for the most part, and so demand for fuel went way down, and so therefore uh, tanker fleets that haul fuel, really their business didn't completely evaporate it, but it certainly uh, disappeared. However, on the flip side, if you were um, in uh, consumer goods or foods, um, pharmaceuticals, your business was over the top because we were all, you know, hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer and everything else early on. And so um, there was a real uh, disconnect in how the initial impact of the pandemic was affecting the trucking industry. But uh, through the course of the summer and as we saw businesses start to reopen, uh, freight demand continued to increase and really and truly the driver shortage now is back uh, almost uh, to what we saw in 2018 when freight demand was really strong. And there are projections that it could continue to uh, grow, uh, obviously freight demand grow, but also uh, that, that driver shortage because over the course of these few months in the pandemic, we've had some other uh, impacts on the driver supply that are making that capacity even tighter. Wow. Brielle, you're on, you're on mute. Whoops, sorry. There we go. <laughs> Yay. Okay, you had a so question. I want to know what are some surprising trends that came from the report? Some things um, you either haven't seen in previous reports or that are, are completely different from previous reports. So, uh, 
for your listeners, this is an annual survey that we do of the trucking industry, uh, trucking industry at large, to identify the top is issues of concern. So it is a, a ranking of the top 10 issues. And of course, driver shortage was the number one issue for the fourth year in a row. And, and given when we launched this survey, which we do every year, we launched it in late August, early September. This year, we put it out September 8th. Um, and we knew freight demand was going up. It did not surprise me at all that the driver shortage was number one. Uh, at driver compensation, number two, very closely related issues. Truck parking, number three, um, it, it's highest ranking yet on the survey and, and clearly an issue that impacts our, our driver workforce on a daily basis. The number four issue, and this was to, to answer your question, the biggest surprise to me, the number four issue was compliance, safety, accountability or CSA the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's regulatory framework. And it's one of those issues in this annual survey that has really been very volatile. Um, when we first got CSA, when FMCSA first deployed it in 2010, it came onto the survey as the number two issue. It rose up to number one as concerns with how motor carrier safety was being evaluated under the program were really at their height. And it stayed in the top five for several years. Then it dropped down into uh, the bottom half, the lower five, uh, and it stayed there for a while. Last year was number eight. It's back up to number four. And, and that was such a surprise to me uh, to see that big jump in it that I, I started to call some of the carriers who had ranked it as their number one issue to really dive into why they were concerned about it. And it's, it's, there's a whole host of issues. Um, there's challenges with their peer group ranking. So they don't believe they're being compared to, to other motor carriers who are like them in size and, and operation. Uh, there's concerns with how crashes are dealt with under the program. Um, there are concerns with data that is in your record that doesn't belong to your fleet. It, it is incorrect data. And so a whole host of issues are driving that. So I would say that one was my biggest surprise uh, probably number two is the hours of service rules. And that's an issue that has been in the top five for a while. It dropped down from number two last year to number 10 this year. So a mm. big drop, eight spots. And um, quite frankly, I was surprised to see it still in the top 10 because with the latest changes we got this summer out of the agency, I believed that most of the concerns with the hours of service rules had been addressed, but there are still some concerns. It was higher on the driver ranking of, of issues. Um, and so that still kept it in the list. So I would say probably CSA being number four um, and hours of service still making the top 10 are my two biggest surprises. When I first started running for the magazine, so back in 2018, that was such a big deal was the hours of service rules. And then ELDs was also just like a huge, a huge problem or not so much a problem, but just like a pain point for most drivers. But how have those things and then the temporary closure of DMVs impacted the safety of drivers throughout COVID? Well, um, first to uh, ELDs and the hours of service. So I mentioned uh, hours of service was higher on the driver list. And in fact, we, we report the overall findings of the industry concerns, but we also report the, the rankings as determined by motor carriers and separately by professional drivers. And so hours of service was higher on the driver list. You mentioned the ELD mandate. It also shows up on the driver's list of concerns. So there are still 
um, drivers who believe, uh, find the ELD mandate problematic. So those two issues, hours of service and ELD have not disappeared. And of course, they're very closely related. And in fact, we broke out even among the driver population, uh, the, the ranking between owner operators and company drivers. And on the owner operator side, the ELD mandate is their number three issue. And so still concerned with that ELD mandate. Um, now, to uh, the latter part of your question, which is how has the pandemic impacted the driver supply and specifically the closing of truck driver training schools and state departments of uh, DMVs where licenses are, are issued? And that has had an impact. Um, certainly, when you shut down the credentialing system for people to come into the industry, so to get a commercial learner's permit or to get their CDL, uh, that becomes problematic and creates a backlog for us. Combine that with the closing of schools, uh, you really start to, to put a strain on the driver capacity. Now, both DMVs have begun to reopen, uh, albeit at limited capacity, because now a driver has to make an appointment. You know, there aren't as many appointments. You can't just go and wait and sit there to, to get your license. And then the same thing on the school side. Um, because of the COVID protocols for social distancing, um, the school capacity is reduced. You can't have as many people in a classroom and you have to have certain protocol in place when you put uh, new candidates out on the road with a trainer. And so there's just a, a whole host of issues that are having additional impacts on the driver supply. Uh, the estimates are that some 40, we'll see a 40% drop in the number of new entrants this year because of those factors, schools shutting down and then coming back at reduced capacity and licensing agencies shutting down and coming back at reduced capacity. I also have another question. I'm sorry if I'm speaking on any toes, but last summer there is a lot of rumors swirling around that the Trump administration was going to help reduce the mandatory rest breaks or completely eliminate them. How do you think that's going to play out now that the Joe Biden administration is coming in, in January? Well, in fact, we did get a uh, revised hours of service rules this summer out of uh, FMCSA under the Trump administration that dealt with one of the bigger pain points that previous to this year's surveys had identified, and that was the lack of flexibility in the sleeper birth provision. And so this later rule uh, allows for additional splitting of that time. Now you can do a seven and three break as opposed to just an eight and two hour break. Um, we had done some previous research that looked at the, the potential savings for the industry and for drivers uh, from additional flexibility and, and the savings really did start to add up. And so uh, I believe that that latest rule being put in place is another driver for why hours of service rules drop down so much in the annual survey. Um, you know, it, it will remain to be seen what happens under a new administration. Uh, but I think the experience of the industry under these hours of service rules has been good. Um, and drivers, you know, at least anecdotally, what we hear from drivers is they appreciate that additional flexibility because it empowers them to make decisions about not sitting stuck in traffic. So if I'm coming into, for instance, where I live, if I'm coming into Atlanta and I know it's rush hour and I know I'm just going to be burning my hours of service, sitting stuck in traffic, if I now have a, that additional flexibility to park and wait for the worst traffic to get through before I go through, uh, that, you know, as a driver makes more sense to me, makes me feel like I'm more in charge of my own destiny, if you will. 
I get that rest and I reduce my frustration because I'm not sitting stuck in traffic. And so I think there are a lot of good outcomes that come from just allowing drivers to make better decisions about their own when they rest and when they uh, are driving. So I wanted to segue from the, the DMV training um, topic we've covered. Um, I'm in Illinois and we are on lockdown. Our DMVs closed down till about, I think, beginning to mid-December. So we're kind of back to where we were in April. So what advice do you have for these companies who have to continuously pivot back and forth um, when it comes to the training and safety of their employees? Well, it certainly is a, a challenge, particularly when you think about a, a CDL that is a state-issued um, credential. And, uh, you know, if you're a fleet that operates in all 48 contiguous states and you've got drivers all over the country and their CDLs are coming up for renewal, um, you know, we know that FMCSA allowed for some extension of that because the DMVs were closed. But it is going to be a challenge for fleets as we continue to see more targeted closures in states or in areas where there are COVID hotspots. Um, but, but in terms of keeping their workforce safe, I, I have to applaud the industry. Uh, early on, they were uh, pushing for essential worker status for professional drivers. And in fact, in one of, our, uh, one of the strategies in the, the Top Industry Issues Report talks about uh, advocating for making that essential worker status permanent. So for instance, when we think about a rollout of a vaccine for COVID-19, uh, putting professional drivers in with first responders and medical workers, uh, because certainly the, the pandemic showed us that we have to have those trucks keep moving so that we all can keep uh, having what we need out of the supply chain. That's a good point. So how is the industry making trucking as a career more enticing? Well, um, it's, it's always been a challenge for us because this is not a career for everyone, particularly when you think about the over-the-road sector. And the pandemic has brought on some new challenges for us because you think about the dramatic increase in e-commerce because we're all sitting at home. Um, we're bored, so we're shopping. <laughs> so we're ordering more and more things online, even grocery delivery. So um, the competition for uh, drivers is tougher than ever before because there are so many opportunities for drivers in those last mile deliveries that uh, those are jobs where you're home every night. Um, it's not as stressful as over the road. And so that, that's challenging for us as well. Um, but how is the industry adapting to that? We have seen, even in our over-the-road fleets and the data that we've collected, a reduction in their average trip lengths because they are recognizing that uh, that over-the-road, out-for-weeks-at-a-time lifestyle is not appealing to everybody, and it's certainly not something that many of our younger individuals are geared for these days. And so they're readjusting their routes and their lanes of operation and how they deal with their customers and set up their contracts in a way that allows drivers to get home more frequently because at home time, while driver compensation is important and we saw driver compensation is the number two issue on this year's survey, compensation is important, but those other factors like my ability to be at home more frequently are critically important. And I think the industry recognizes that uh, and is adjusting to make the job more appealing. Yeah, I, we've, we've talked to several, you know, 3PLs and carriers and. And they all kind of voice the same challenges and concerns, and it, and it is constant, and we feel it in the industry. So I applaud your organization for continuing to bring it top of mind and hopefully 
hopefully more people will understand that, you know, there's more to just trucking besides just driving the truck. You know, there's, there's more benefits to it. So, well, you know. and I think, you know, the, the, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is I do think people, the general public is recognizing one, how valuable and critical the trucking industry is. And when you think about the number of Americans who have become unemployed because of the pandemic, I believe people are seeing this is an industry that is sustainable. We don't shut mm -hmm. down because there's a pandemic. Trucks keep rolling and therefore everybody who works in the back office has to keep working in the trucking industry. So it is a sustainable, resilient career workplace. Uh, and I'm hopeful that that will resonate with folks uh, as they look for ways to return to the workforce. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know when the post COVID sector starts um you know we're kind of going into the second round of things you know as we speak um we don't know what the winter is going to be like what what are your projections for you know the next couple of months into even next year well certainly now we're coming upon the holiday season which is typically a a big time for freight as as every one of us prepare for the holidays and start shopping even more uh, i think we'll continue to see that play out through e-commerce um, and so freight demand will remain high. And I, I believe into 2021, particularly once a vaccine begins uh, to be deployed and, and people get back to work, um, we'll probably see a, a little bit of a shift because um, certainly if you were a fleet that uh, provided freight for the services sector, um, it, it's, it, your business has been down. So people who supply, you know, sporting events and uh, concerts and everything else, those things aren't happening. Large gathering events aren't happening. And so your business has shifted. Um, as we all start to go back out to restaurants, that's going to change as well because those who supplied schools, restaurants, other facilities, um, I think that business will start to return. And so I, I, you know, I'm very hopeful for the trucking industry uh, that the business will certainly be there. It will just be a matter of, back to the number one issue on the survey, can we find drivers to fill those seats? And how does something like automation and all of these other technologies that are coming about, how does that play into, you know, filling the gaps of the driver shortage? Well, certainly the advanced driver assistive systems make the job of driving a truck easier. And uh, you know, if you get into the cab of a truck today, that uh, a new off-the-line cab uh, today versus one even five years ago or 10 years ago, it is a completely different vehicle, and it is much more like the cockpit of an airplane in, in terms of the technology. And I think that's going to also work in our favor uh, in terms of attracting more younger people to the industry, because it really is cool to, to sit inside of the, a cab right. of the vehicle. And it just makes the job easier. I mean, you think even the advancements we all see in our cars that make safe driving easier because now we have notification if there's somebody in the lane next to us uh, in some models of cars. And of course, in trucks, you get that reduction in your speed if you're coming upon another vehicle too quickly. Um, so there are features that are being added that, that just make the job of driving a truck easier and safer for you. I agree. Well, I can't thank uh, everybody enough out there who you know, is continuing to drive and keep product moving. So thank you to all those essential employees. And thank you, Rebecca Brewster from American Transportation Research Institute for joining us today and shedding some light on kind of what these challenges are as well as what the opportunities are. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Um, uh, just a reminder, we do not have a link live next week. I know everybody's going to lose some sleep over this, but it is Thanksgiving. 
And I do like to give my staff some time off. So <laughs> we will not have one next week, but we will pick on up the week after, which is our SCN Summit Future of Supply Chains Week. So please register, go to foodlogistics.com, sdcexec.com. So register, we're covering warehousing, transportation, supply chain visibility, procurement, and cannabis. So lots of great topics, lots of great speakers, lots of great content. I'm super, super excited. Um, I'm always forgetting something. Download link, our podcast channel on Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. Woohoo, A for me, I remembered. What else am I forgetting, ladies? Uh, follow us on all of our social media. Mm -hmm. oh, As always. And still submit to the awards. And still, which is December 4th. Right, what I said earlier, just ignore me half the time. So thank you again. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and support those essential employees. And happy Wednesday. We'll see you in a couple weeks.